0: Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. I really want to encourage you to go back to last week's message and listen. Uh, um, I really feel like this is the Word of the Lord to our church. I feel like it's where many of our people Find themselves. It's a journey that I've been going through for the last year, but in intensely the last like four or five months, God has been speaking to me about this from my own life. How many know pastors need the Lord to speak to them too? Amen. And um, and it's been really really powerful um, in a personal way. And let me tell you why we need spiritual alignment is because spiritual alignment. We're calling it this. It's the deep internal process that leads us into private health. God wants to make you privately healthy and then publicly fruitful. That's God's will for your life. But it all begins in private. It all begins uh, in your relationship with him. And 2 Timothy is, uh, uh, is the last book that the apostle Paul wrote. We mentioned this last week. And, and this is very important stuff because he's talking to a pastor, to a leader, to someone he loves. It was his son in the faith, and he's given him very important and powerful advice. And so I want us to listen closely here. Second Timothy uh, chapter one, we're jumping right into it. It says, For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. Everyone here has a gift from God. We talked about that at the offering time. Fan into flame the gift of God, right, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid or fearful or or a coward. God doesn't give us a a spirit of cowardice. How many would say amen? Amen. Fear doesn't come from God. Fear doesn't come from the Spirit of God. Even though fear dominates our culture, as I mentioned last week, fear was the first outcome of sin. When they sinned in the garden, when God came, He said, Where are you? And they hid. They said, We were afraid. Fear is deep, fear is powerful. It's not more powerful than God, but it's very powerful. And it impacts our lives in major ways. And so he's saying, Timothy, the spirit that God gives us does not make us timid, but gives us, let's read this together, ready? power, love, and self-discipline. Self-discipline can also be translated and sound mind. In other words, sound thinking. Think about how our country is impacted by mental health and fear and anxiety and the spirit that God gives is the opposite of that. And we're going to talk about that next week. But this week we're going to be focusing on love. Last week we talked about the power of God. This week we're going to talk about the love of God or the heart of God. And I want to read one other verse to kind of recruit so, some support for uh, the, today's message. And the Bible says, There is no fear in love. But let's read this together. Ready? But perfect love drives out fear. Perfect love drives out fear. In a moment, We're going to be applying this, but remember, perfect love drives out fear. The love of God is powerful and active, and it drives out fear. That word in the Greek is agape. It's unconditional love. It's the love that comes from God. We're talking about something higher than human love, higher than earthly love. We're talking about the perfect love of God. The spirit that God gives not only gives us power, but it gives us love. And here's what he's saying. He's saying, Timothy, keep your gift on fire. Keep your gift on fire. And then he says, Timothy, in the way you keep your gift on fire is through spiritual alignment. And here it is very quickly, let me show this to you. We talked about this last week. When your gift is on fire, and by the way, why would he say, Timothy, keep your gift on fire? It's because we are our best when our gift is on fire. You are your best when your gift is on fire. You see, when what God put us is on fire and roaring for his glory, not for our glory, but for his glory, that's when we're our best. Could somebody say amen to that? So, Timothy, keep your gift on fire. But how do you keep that gift on fire? Some people have a day of fire, but we want a year of fire. How many want a year of fire? (laughs) Amen. Here's what has to happen. You have to, first of all, align with God's power. And then secondarily, you have to align with God's heart. You have to align with the heart of God. It's a great question to ask yourself. Am I really aligned with the heart of God today? Next week we'll talk about being aligned with God's mind. You see, when God's power, heart, and mind are aligned in our lives, our gifts are set on fire. It's really powerful. This is very, very important for us to understand. And the title of today's message is Align with His Heart. We're talking about aligning with the heart of God. And let me just say this. So I started to get into this even during the offering. But from the God side, Christianity is a religion of power. From the God side. From the God side, God comes to this earth by his power. He's born in a virgin. Okay, born of a virgin, right? He walks, he lives a sinless life by his power. Okay, he heals people by his power. He touches people by his power. He does all sorts of incredible works by his power. And then he goes to the cross. He gave himself over. Okay, then he goes into the grave, but after the third day, how many know he was risen again by the glorious, amazing power of Jesus. (laughs) Death is not greater than our God death does not have the victory how many know jesus has the victory blessed be the name of the lord he rose in power hallelujah (laughs) christianity is a religion of power from the god side god moves by his power god comes into our hearts and our lives and he works by his mighty power now that's the god side and by the way no other religion or philosophy can make that boast Because I say this all the time talking to people. You know, people could believe that whatever they want. And that's true. But here's what I say. Look, I don't know about you. My God showed up. How about yours? How many know Jesus showed up and rose from the dead in power? It's a big difference. It's a power religion. Now, on the man's side, Christianity is a religion of the heart. Purely the heart. The heart is what's most important when it comes to Christianity. Some people live religiously and they say, well, as long as I go to, they have this checklist. As long as I I go to church, I put something in the offering basket and I do something nice twice a week for for my neighbor, then I'm all good. But see, that's religion. Okay? That's religion. Religion is trying to do good things to earn God's approval. Okay? Okay? But that's not the way it works. The way it really works is that we invite the love of God. We invite Jesus into our hearts. And we have a relationship with him. And, yes, we end up doing lots of good things uh, uh, to be a blessing to God and to others. But it's really the state of your heart. It's not what you do. It's the state of your, 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 your relationship and your heart between you and God. And so that's why he says, look. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and then everyone of love. Because your relationship with God is a love relationship. And I want to pray, but let me just say this right up front so we know what we're shooting for. When you're aligned with God's heart, here's the way this works. When you're aligned with God's heart, you are expressing his compassion, kindness, and generosity. When, the heart, when your heart really gets aligned with God, here's what happens, and, you, and we'll get into this, but you are, are receiving and expressing his, his compassion, his kindness, and his generosity. But it's like inside of you. It's, it's, it's what's burning inside of you. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, it's the love of Christ that compels me. And motivates me. How many want to be motivated by the love of God this week and the days to come? It will change your relationships. It will change your marriage. It will change your everything. Every day will be changed when you're really impacted and aligned with God's love. So let's pray right now. Because above all things, Proverbs says, guard your heart for it's the wellspring of life. Your heart is the most important. What is the state of your heart today? That's what's most important to God. So let's pray. In fact, put your hand on your heart right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I ask that you would breathe, oh, God, upon every heart now. God, the heart is what's most important. So, God, help us to open our hearts to you. Help us to receive from you today. God, some hearts need to be healed. I pray that you would heal hearts. Some hearts need to be set free. I pray that you would set hearts free today. Some hearts need to, they're clogged, they're hard. Oh, God, someone has a hard heart here. God, would you touch them and give them a soft heart for you and others. We pray for spiritual heart surgery. So bless this word, bless our time. Help my feeble lips and, Lord, remove all distraction and fear. In the mighty name of Jesus and everyone said, amen Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So we're talking today about aligning with this heart and what happens. But in order to really understand that, we're going to start by looking at our physical heart. Because our spiritual heart works a lot like our physical heart. And uh, the heart is the most important organ. I think I could say that safely. And let's look at our physical heart operates like this. Okay, the way the physical heart works is that blood goes in and blood goes out. Okay, blood in, blood out. Since the, when you become alive and your heart starts beating, from the moment that your heart starts beating, it never stops beating until it's time to see Jesus. When your heart stops beating, it's time to see Jesus. Jesus. Always beating. You go to sleep, your heart is beating. You're sitting down, Your heart it's always beating. And when it's beating inside of you, here's what's happening. Blood in, blood out. Blood in, the lungs oxygenate the blood and then blood out. And this is the way you stay alive. Leviticus talks about the life is in the blood. And it's true, we're alive, the life is in our blood. Blood plays a huge role but it has to go through the heart. It's blood in, blood out. Right now in your heart, every pump, every beat, it's blood in, blood out. That's the way it's worked. That's the physical heart. That's the way we stay alive. Now the spiritual heart is very similar. Here's how it works. The spiritual heart is love in, love out. Love in, love out. Everybody say that with me. Ready? It's love in, love out. When you're healthy, it's love in, love out. When you're aligned with God, his love is coming in and his love is flowing out. That is the life of a Christian. Every day, all day. It doesn't mean that you meet God one day and then it stops. How many know every day, every minute of every hour, we want love in, love out. How many want love in, love out? That's the way we live for God. (laughs) Love in, love out. You see, when his love comes in and his love flows out, you're healthy. You can't make yourself healthy. But his love can make us healthy. It's love in, love out. It's very important for us to understand that. This uh, settles the mysteries of one person who's alive and on fire for God and another person. Imagine if, 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 God forbid, any person, my heart is not working well, then you know what? I move differently. I can't process The way I would normally process when someone's heart is not working well, when someone's heart is weak, everything about them is weak. You see? Now, when a person's spiritual heart is weak, then everything about your spiritual life and relationally speaking, everything is weakened. And a lot of times we are thinking to ourselves, please look at me for a second. A lot of times we are thinking for ourselves, that's the way life is. That's not the way life is supposed to be. Well, that's the way my marriage is, that's not the way your marriage is supposed to be. Well, that's the way this is and that's the way that is and we settle and it's all the enemy. Because a healthy heart has love in, love out. Perfect love casts out what? All. So that's the key. Fear is the barrier. See, fear is the barrier. So the barrier to your gift staying on fire is fear. Fear is the blocker. Fear is what shuts it all down. And we tend to think of fear in terms of just shaking and terror, but fear has a lot of different manifestations, which we're going to unpack in a moment, okay? We talked about last week about how fear is a demonic suggestion, okay, designed to derail your spiritual alignment, okay? Now, this week, to kind of drill down a little more, here's how we'll define fear fear is a satanic strategy designed to destabilize and block your heart from receiving God's love. You have to understand that as long as it's love in, love out, Satan can't stop you. You see? As you you receive the love of God, you pour out the love of God, I'm telling you, you're going to have an amazing, powerful Christian life. You see? But what Satan knows is if he can block that love, he's got you. And so how does he do it? He does it with fear. Now fear, as I've been walking through this and praying about this, fear is something that actually comes in packages because a lot of times... You know, we feel like we're dealing with fear, but we don't realize the frequency of it. And we don't realize the variety of what happens. And so fear, if I could put it to you this way, fear comes at you in like a package. And fear comes at you like a package that's dropped off by the Amazon Prime day after day after day. How many get those packages at your house? Come on. Right? That's the way it is. So imagine if this is your front door. This is a nice front door. Right? And here comes, here comes the boogeyman right here. Come on, say boo, this Sydney, boo. (laughs) Yeah. Right? So, so what happens? What happens? Right? All day long, there, come on, look at that. Everybody say "Boo." boo. Yes. Yeah, see, see, this is what's happening. So listen, all day long, the packages are being dropped at your front. Yes, now they're getting into it, Sid. <laughs> He's got one more. Listen, this is the one you have to sign for. Okay? Everybody say, don't sign for it. <laughs> That's right, don't sign for that thing. This is the way it comes. Come on, let's give a hand to Sidney. <laughs> So listen, all day long, all day long, the packages are being dropped at your front door and my front door. And it's a fear package. Okay? And what we do, what do you do when the package is dropped off at your house? You open the door, you pick it up, and you bring it in. Everybody say, don't let it in. That's the problem. All day long. You're at work. Your boss tells you to do something. You're like, he gives you a project, an assignment. You're like, okay, I'm going to go after it. And then guess what? Fear package dropped at your front door. Right at your heart. Fear package. And when the fear package drops there, you're like, oh, oh. And you say, let me check this out. You open it up and then you're a wreck. You see? You see? Or there's some kind of relational thing or some kind of... Look, there's so many different varieties of these fear packages being dropped. Depending on what your day is like and depending on what challenges you're facing all day long, they're being dropped. And the thing is, brothers and sisters, is don't let them in. Okay? Don't let the fear package into your heart. Okay? Don't let it in. Now... Here's what happens. We take in the fear package and then, and this is what the Lord really began to show me. So we take in this, what we're calling a fear package, and it's a box, and it's a box full of negative. Okay, it's a box full of negative. So here's what's really in the box. Here's the way Satan works in your life. Number one, Satan begins with past experiences. All right, you pay attention to this and you tell me if this is not true. So you have past failure or past hurt in your life. And so every time God has something new for you, what happens is, is God has something new. Behold, I do a new thing, the Bible says. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me. I know the plans that I have for you. They're plans to prosper you, not to harm you. But even though all of that stuff is, is in the mind of God, in the heart of God for your life, what Satan does is say, "Don't remember, don't forget that past failure. Remember that thing you did or remember that thing you saw. So people don't want to get married now. Why don't you want to get married? Well, when I was eight years old, my mom and dad had such a horrible marriage. And they said had such a horrible divorce. I want nothing to do with that. And so what this happens. So someone special comes into your life, right? And when they come into your life, the devil says, it will be the same thing. Don't buy it. Don't believe it. Don't believe it. Don't believe it. And so you're building your future off of the past. Okay, you're excluding the power of God, you're excluding the love of God, you're excluding the mind of God, and you're building everything off of something negative. But he doesn't stop there. Then here's the next thing he does, he pulls out the outcomes ointment. So here's what the devil does. What the devil does is he not only gets you to feel and remember your negative past, but then he predicts a negative outcome. It hasn't even started yet, but you have the devil's voice in your head telling you, you know what? This is gonna be terrible, it's gonna be horrible. You see, forgetting what God said, you're listening, you've taken in this fear package, and God is saying, look, I want this for you. I'm trying to lead you. I'm trying to guide you. And you're like going and putting on the outcome, the demonic outcome ointment all over your body. You see? And you'll say, it will never happen for me. You have to renounce that lie in the mighty name of Jesus. How many would say amen? Amen. Stop saying that's not going to happen for me. Okay. When God says something, how many know he has the power to accomplish and to bring to pass what he has said. How many would say amen? How many believe that today? His word is true. But some people live in the outcome. And they say, well, I'm just responsible. Some people say, well, I just don't like dreaming. And what it is is you're being deceived by the devil. Okay, sometimes you're supposed to dream. Sometimes, sometimes you're supposed to believe and step out. Got one amen. <laughs> I get it. So here, let me, just a little bit more. We'll be closing in a minute, a little bit more. But here's, what he, here's the full package. And let me tell you something, in a minute, we're going to talk about perfect love cast out all fear. So you have to renounce deep so that you could receive deep. You have to drive that stuff out. All of it. So look, here's the way it goes. It's not just past experiences. It's not just outcomes. Then it's pathways. What does that mean? It means that you get in a situation and then Satan actually shows you how it's going to go bad in your imagination. We're going to talk about this next week. You can have a a sanctified, godly imagination and you can also have an unholy imagination. And in your unholy imagination, the good thing that God has for you, you watch it go wrong because he shows it to you. Come on, haven't you ever, haven't you ever had crazy things go through your mind? You know, you're going to walk up, like I'm going to walk up to the platform and I think about tripping and falling and crashing. Or (laughs) talk about this a little bit more next week. Haven't you had that? You, you rehearse the most ugliest thing in your mind? You see, that comes in the fear package, you know? My wife gets these pink boxes to the house sometimes. There's like all this girly stuff in it. I don't open them anymore. One time, that's it. It's like, not for me. I don't even know what it is, so it doesn't even matter, right? So the thing is, is it's a beautiful package. We receive it. It's normal. How, how conscious are you of what you take into your house? I'm like, it's like it, they bring the doorbell. You go, you pick it up, you bring it in. You figured you ordered it. But see, there are certain things that you haven't ordered. How many would say amen? You didn't order that. God didn't order that for you either. You see? But the thing is, is that you are already living out the pathway that Satan is laying out as if that's the only pathway. I do you know God has a better pathway for you and me? And here's how he does it. Here's the last thing. The last thing is when he gets you taking in those past experiences, when he gets you uh, 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 embracing and accepting the authority of that negative prophecy... See, there's a negative prophecy that says you'll never accomplish. You know, you'll never do anything good for God. You can't do that. And, 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 and here's the way it's going to happen. It's going to happen just like this. When you accept all of that, here's what he does. He builds in a set of emotions that you and I choose and actually experience. We actually experience a whole negative thing, even though it never happened, and that's the way a lot of people live. And listen, it's package all day, all day, one package after another, one package. You listen to, way, to the way you talk, because the Bible says, "From the abundance of the heart, the mouth." What? Hey, you know what? We should do this. Ah, oh, well, this is going to happen, and that's you know I don't I don't do that. Don't you love people like that? The problem is, is when you, that's you. And a lot of times we may not say that, but when God makes us promises, guess what? When God makes us promises, a lot of times we think that. And on the inside we live that because of this fear package. Everybody say, don't take it in. If you take this in, here's what's really happening. When a human heart is sick, the arteries get clogged. Normal artery, remember, love in, love out. Flow, the flow of God's love. What was your week like? Was the love of God flowing in you and through you? Or does it look, does it resemble more of a blocked artery in the physical realm, like plaque or fear is so built up in your heart that you can't be loving to people. You know, your heart is so clogged up from hurt and pain in the past that even though God is able to heal you from that and give you a fresh beginning and a new beginning, your marriage a new beginning, your future a new beginning. How many know God has new beginnings, his mercies are new every morning, hallelujah. Absolutely, but here's what happens. Some of us, here's how you know, here's how you know. If you can't take love in, or if you can't let love out, you got a blocked heart. That's what's going on, is a blocked heart. I said yeah last week, and I'm going to say it again this week. What do you do when your heart is blocked? Here's what you have to do. You have to renounce deep. Everybody say renounce deep and then receive deep. Renounce deep, receive deep. Here's how this really looks. You know, and I got one more sermon to go, so I can't damage these. What I would really like to do is start kicking these all over the place. You see? Renown says, get out of here. Renown says, Satan, I don't receive that in the name of Jesus. I reject that emotion. I reject that outcome in the name of Jesus. You're not more powerful than my father in heaven. My father in heaven promises to me. I choose to believe the report of the Lord. Hallelujah. You see, and it's in the beginning, it's like all day. In the beginning, you have to be like, no, I'm not going there. No, I'm not going there. No, I renounce that. I reject that. I'm going to... No more will I accept a lifestyle of fear flooding my heart on a consistent basis. I'm not signing for that. Send back to sender. How many would say amen? Send back to sender. So as we go to close, here's what, here's the way it ought to be like. This is the way, this is what spiritual alignment really looks like. And we're going to pray in a moment. First of all, spiritual alignment means that love comes in and love flows out. Love comes into your heart, love flows out of your heart. Now let me, very quickly, okay, very quickly. Here's what this means. When love flows into your heart... You receive the compassion of God. When you receive the compassion of God, you understand that God is merciful and forgiving. How many are thankful God is merciful and forgiving? How many agree he's merciful and forgiving? Look at what Psalm 103 says. It says the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. How many are thankful today, even if you blew it, even if you messed up, you don't have to be held back by your sin or by your failure. Jesus died, Jesus died, Jesus died and rose again to cleanse you, forgive you, to unclog your heart. Hallelujah, he can set us free. No more guilt, no more shame. Stop living, stop living in condemnation. accept the mercy of god you know you're growing in god when you can accept god's forgiveness that's when you know but here's what happens now when you accept god's forgiveness guess what you also give god's forgiveness a lot of people a lot of people struggle with being forgiven with being a forgiving person Let me tell you something, God wants you to be like him. Let him off the hook. Today, let that person go. It could be as horrible as horrible could get. You leave the justice, you leave punishment to God. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. But as for me, I'm just going to forgive. I'm just going to release. I'm just going to let them go. Don't let your heart be clogged because of somebody else. Receive love and give love. Receive mercy and give mercy. Forgive. Let them go. Let them go so that your heart will be free. Amen. Yes. Secondly, kindness. Okay. The kindness of God flows in, the kindness of God flows out. Look at what it says. This Here's what it means. It means that you're really walking in the grace of God. God's grace is God doing for you what you could never do for yourself. 1 Corinthians 15 puts it this way. It says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. Paul was the chief of sinners. Paul was the first persecutor of the Christian church, and God saved him, and he accepted God's mercy. And not only did he accept God's mercy, but he accepted God's grace, his help, and he said, listen, I used to be a wreck, but now what God has given me, I am using it. God was kind to me, now I want to be kind to people, I want to bless people, I want to help people, I want to serve people. How many know when you experience the kindness of God, you give out the kindness of God. Kindness in, kindness out, kindness in, kindness out. That's the way it is. If it's hard to be kind, you need a little heart surgery. If it's hard to receive forgiveness and if it's hard to give forgiveness, you need a little heart surgery. The spirit of God needs to come in today. His love needs to drive all of those things out of us. You see? We've all heard, oh, they put a stint in his heart. They they unclogged, they did search, they did a bypass, all of those things. Because you can't live like that. Well, you can't live like that spiritually either. And lastly, lastly, there's generosity. Generosity is the overall abundance of God. Look at how Colossians puts it, and by the way, I want you to go on our, on our app, you could go and these notes will be there and the verses will be laid out. So keep studying this. Look at what it says in Colossians and we're going to close now. It says, so then just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted, built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thanksgiving. In other words, the healthiest Christian is the Christian who is so satisfied in God, he's so filled with the fullness of God, that he's not only filled with the fullness of God but now he's overflowing with the goodness of God and when you take in the generosity of God there's something that opens you up and that makes you like him you become a person with an open heart you become a person with 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 open arms you become a person with open hands you're generous you're just like him how many are thankful that God is generous open heart open arms open hands towards us people well that's the way he wants wants us to be. If you are like, well, I can't be generous. I have to protect myself. You need a heart touch. If you think that you're protecting yourself, you're, it's a delusion. You see, you can't protect yourself. But thou, O oh Lord, are a shield about me. You're my glory and the lifter of my head. See, And so what happens is this, when you really get full of God, you get so satisfied that you're in, you know, I was talking, I put it this way. You come to church, you're in a grouchy mood, right? I know it never happens to anyone here. I'm talking about first service, third service. Nobody's second service. So you're grouchy. Somebody cuts you off. You get upset. You're saying stuff in the car you probably shouldn't say. You come to church and you have a real deep meeting with God. When you have a deep meeting with God, He just fills your heart with His love. Then you go out, or you drive out, somebody cuts you off, and you're like, oh, that's okay. Bless you. To your third and fourth generation, bless you. How many know when God fills you, he just pours out through you? Hallelujah. We know that's true, right? It all depends on what your heart got filled with. Whatever you fill up with, that's what you pour out. And so, here's the last thing we'll close with this. I've really been praying because there's so many forms of generosity. Well, let me just say this. Look, if you're married and you're in the, because marriage is when they're immature, here's how they get. Husband, wife. You do this for me, I'll do this for you. You don't do this for me, I won't do this for you. Again, that's first and third service. Nobody here. People live married like that. You know? But let me tell you something. When God fills your heart to overflowing, it doesn't matter what they do. You want to be just like him. You say, I just want to serve you, I just want to love you. I just want to care for you. How many know marriages get a whole lot better when one person, just one person, gets filled with the generosity of God. Friendships all sorts of relationships. Okay? Christians are not takers. Christians are givers. Amen. Hallelujah. We're givers because our Father is generous with us. In the morning, he pours out and he fills our hearts. And so we can give. Now. Okay? It's very very important. What if you're here today, and you can't get excited about what I'm saying. I'm going to say this very quickly. We had a time of prayer. Um, this is before we respond right now. We had a time of prayer with the staff and we were talking about some of this stuff. And I said this to them and I'm going to say this to you today. Because I really felt like it came from the Lord. So the Bible says, Proverbs chapter 24, it says, know the condition of your flock. That is a very specific Charge to anyone who's a leader. If you're a father, if you're a mother, you have to know the condition of the flock. In your the little the little ones running around, you have to know the condition, and you do. They're born, and you're changing their diapers. You're looking at their face for all these years. Now they're eight years old, and they walk in the house from school. And when they walk in the house from school, you say, "How was your day?" And they go, "Great, mom, or great, dad." And they walk by. You say, "Come on, get right back here, because your face, your countenance." tells me cuz when the bible says know the condition of your flock that word condition means countenance countenance means your spirit coming through your face okay do you know your spirit comes through your face i heard someone say you can tell the character of a man by the countenance of his wife oh snap Right, so listen, listen, this is like, we got to talk like serious right now. So I was telling the staff, look, you have to check your own countenance. When's the last time you really looked in the mirror? But not the mirror of your face, but the mirror of your spirit. Because your countenance will tell you a lot. Are you one of those people that can't love? Does your countenance say to people, I can't love? I don't want to love. Don't get near me, because I don't want to be near you. That's your that's a, that's your countenance of your spirit. You see, some people they're always hiding. Hey, what'd you do yesterday? Oh, just some stuff. You can't ask them anything. They're always ducking. Why are you hiding so much? What are you what are you, what are you hiding? Nobody can know. Nobody can this. That's not the the enemy is a is a, a worker of secrets. We are the children of light. How many would say, Amen? Look, we don't have a lot of time, but I have to say this. Okay? Look, some people try to, some people try to hide their countenance. Right? I was joking about people coming to church. How are you doing? Hi, I'm praise God, I'm doing great. Praise the Lord. You know? And, uh, you know, they were just like going off in the car. See, but if you, when you try to act like your countenance, after about two hours, you're like exhausted. You're like, yo, I got to take a nap because I've been trying to act so happy and I'm really miserable, I just need a nap. You can't keep acting. It's not God's will for you to live acting. It's God's will for you to be at peace. It's God's the Bible says that our kingdom is a one of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. You see? So, how's your countenance? Your countenance says, Are you one of those people, right? We're singing, we're worshiping God, and here's the way you worship God. USA Today. Says something about your. Says some people are uncomfortable in the presence of God. Imagine the one who loves you with an everlasting love wants to get near you and you're afraid to talk to him. You see, here's what I want to pray. I want to pray for God to start something now that will carry on even into your house. Even into your tomorrows. Because you know what God wants, God wants love in, love out. Say it together, ready? Love in, love out. But for all of us. For all of us. So come on, lift our hands right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. You know what, why don't you stand to your feet. We're gonna pray for heart surgery in this place. We're gonna pray, we're gonna pray, God, do heart surgery, do heart surgery today, oh God. Heart surgery so that marriages will get better. Heart surgery so that our lives would get better, so that we'll get free from the inside out. God, God wants to make us free in our spirit. He wants to do heart surgery in this place. Come on, lift your hands. Don't be afraid. Lift your hands. Okay. I want men everywhere. This is in the Bible. This is New Testament. I want men everywhere to lift up holy hands. It's the sign of surrender. It's the sign of a child that says, God, I love you. I need you. Daddy, I need you. I need you. Lord, would you flood this place right now, oh God. Come on, begin to pray. Lord, touch my heart. Touch every heart in this place, oh God. God, move by Your mighty power in this place today, Lord Jesus. God, I pray their hearts would begin to be unclogged, O oh God. Unclog hearts, O oh God. Remove pain, remove the past, O oh God. Lord, Lord, the, ar- the arteries of our spirit are clogged up. But today, some of us need a lig- a, 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 a transplant, O oh God. A transplant of our arteries, God. In the name of Jesus, Lord God move oh God sitting
1: at the feet of Jesus sitting
0: Oh, God. pray right now, love in, love out. Love in, love out. And as the love of God goes in, I want you to pray that that there would be a renouncing of fear at every level. I want you to pray that love would drive fear out in that hand that you're holding. Somebody's going to pray the same for you. But right now, let fear be driven out. Come on, begin to pray left and to the right. Drive out fear today in the name of Jesus. Drive it out, God, so that we'll be open. Drive it out so that we'll be whole. Drive it out so that we'll be free. God, drive it out so that we can live differently, so that we can walk differently. God, let love flow in today by your mighty power. Let love flow in right now. Move by your mighty power. Set hearts free, set marriages free, set single people free, oh God. God, remove the trauma, remove the hurt, remove the past, oh God. Set hearts free by your mighty power. We renounce deep and we receive deep. We pray for a deep receiving of the love of God, oh Lord. Do it, oh God. Don't let their hands go, but listen to me. Don't let hands go. I want to pray one more prayer before we leave this building. Listen to this, and then we're going to just close in prayer. Here's what I want you to pray for people all over this building. The highest form of generosity, the highest act of generosity was God sending his son, Jesus. When you're really generous, you share the greatest gift that there is, which is Jesus. Part of the reason that we know the heart of the church, Needs surgery is because the people in the body of Christ don't share Jesus. Share Jesus with someone this week. Share Jesus, it's the highest form of generosity. Your friends need Jesus. Your family needs Jesus. Your coworkers need Jesus. Share Jesus. Come on, let's pray. Father, before we go, we pray that there would be a marvelous, amazing sharing of Jesus all over Chicagoland, oh God. And Lord, wherever our visitors go, God, let there be a marvelous sharing of Jesus. We pray that the gospel will go forward in great power in this city, oh God. God, this city needs the love of Jesus. This city needs a a revival of salvation, oh God, in every neighborhood, oh God, in the darkest places, oh God, where sin abound, let your grace abound, oh God. We're not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God unto salvation. So send us out to be generous with the gospel. We thank you and we praise you for all we're going to see you do in us and through us. In the mighty name of Jesus and everyone said, amen. Come on, let's give him a hand. Hallelujah. 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 God bless you. Greet one another. God bless you. We'll see you on Tuesday.